Welcome to Fans of the Forge. I'm Chris. To my left we have Sean. And to my right we have Teresa. And actually, I do not know if I started recording the camera. Good job. Oh man. <laughs> it's good. All right. Rookie. You know what? That's fine. We'll keep it. It stays in. And uh, today's special guest, we are doing an interview with Jason Knight. And Jason, you're on now. So thank you for coming on with us. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate it, and I just want to support you guys, and I like it that you are fans of the Forge. I think that's cool. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, it was it was um, it was a very interesting week for us last week when I uh, I was at work one morning and I I saw on my Instagram notifications Jason Knight started following you on Instagram. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and then I happened to see all of a sudden a message pop through like, hey, what are you guys doing? I'm like, oh my god, what is going on right now? <laughs> That's but, uh, cool. Yeah, so um, we're super excited and um, again, we are fans of the Forge, so we we basically just started doing wrap ups of this past season so far of the Forge and Fire episodes because we all kind of started watching recently, so mm -hmm. we missed a lot of the earlier seasons, but we've gone back and we actually watched uh, some episodes that you were a judge on uh, over the last week, and um, yeah, we put together some questions for you and see what uh, see what you think here. So, who wants to start us off? Me? You leave with this one. Yeah. All right. So, I am out in Golden, Colorado right now. We're traveling, and uh, me and my son are going to do a drawing class in Provo. So, we're just kind of wandering. We stopped at a buddy of mine's house who's a really good bladesmith uh, named Peter Kohler, and we're just kind of goofing off a bit. Great. That sounds like fun. <laughs> so, our first question. Um, as I was kind of doing a little bit more research into your background, um, I noticed one of the common themes that came up when you talked to people when they asked about how you got into bladesmithing, uh, you mentioned that you were into fantasy and adventure stories uh, as you were growing up, and that kind of led you down the route of wanting to make your own weapons to be able to slay monsters, that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, so I like that. That's a good subject. I grew up in the largest virgin cypress swamp left on the earth, a place called uh, Francis Bidler Forest. There are trees in there that are 1,500 years old, and when people go, oh, I'd like to see what a primeval forest looks like, well, I grew up in that swamp. Uh, it's down in Harleyville, South Carolina. And my dad would read me stories by Edgar Rice Burroughs. He would read me John Carter of Mars and um, Tarzan, he would read me Robert E. Howard's Conan, and he would be like, okay, now, you have to make weapons for these worlds. You're gonna go there at another time. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he also had me convinced that there were killer whales and sharks in the carpet, and the, and the <laughs> couch was a boat. But like, you know what I'm saying? I was a kid, so yeah. I believed oh, yeah. Like, I was like, I'm down, man. I'm down with it. So um, that was one of the things that probably led me to, to making knives but i always i was always making tools i was always making things i, I was you know I'd sharpen sticks i would flint nap i would uh, break rocks and glass and anything i could do to make something that was an edge so i'm a knife user and almost a knife maker and um the, you know i'm, I'm going to elaborate a little bit if that's okay of course yeah. it's very important uh you see a lot of knife makers they're just making knives because, oh, that knife is cool, or this knife is cool. 
So I make knives based on my experience, and I have made and taken my knives from Alaska to Nicaragua and all over the United States, and I've used them from uh, peeling critters or carving wood or doing sculpture, uh, you know, to, to cooking dinner. So I have a lot of experience in different types of knives, you know, knife usage, but also that makes me want to say, I want to make this knife to do this thing. And then I make it, I give it some style. But the background is fantastical. My favorite word is phantasmagoric. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. Yeah, that's cool. So beyond the ones that you um, named, like, Fantasy-wise, just hit that one last time. Um, beyond the books that you mentioned, are there any more recent uh, movies or anything that have really struck your fancy when it came to a fantasy book or movie that has come out recently? Uh, movies really don't strike my fancy to uh, get me in, you know, excited about an idea. I read a lot of J.R.R. Tolkien when I was a kid. Um, in the 90s sometime, George R.R. R. Martin, I hate that son of a bitch, came out with the um, Game of Thrones series, and I read that, and I was just like, oh, this guy, you know, he would, he made it so dark, and he, but I, I like the ideas, because they would talk about these weapons that they had in there, so I thought that was cool, but what I make is not fantasy at all, I make, when I make stuff, it is first, um, very practical, but then I add curves and lines and i try to make them sexy and look good too great does that sense yeah and if i'm saying something that doesn't make sense just say be more specific or elaborate or whatever all right sure Um, all right hold on one second here just slide this back a little bit i am in golden colorado and in golden colorado they make coors so i don't know what y'all are drinking out of a coffee mug but like oh We got nothing right I now. I forgot to get us a beer. I usually yeah. get us a beer before we start recording, and it was like... Yeah, it's always best. I just spilled mine on me, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, did you come up with the term, be a maker, not a taker, which you have on t-shirts? Yes, yeah. I did. Would you like me to elaborate? Yes, please. All right, so you guys are makers, and I'll tell you why. Um, you have a passion, and you started this show <laughs> and, uh, I saw that and I wanted to help if I could in any way to encourage people to view what you're doing because you're excited about something and you want to draw people in so you're making a difference you're making a change you're making you, you know you're starting with you you're not saying I wish somebody would make a show that we could talk about Fords and fire well you did it so <laughs> that makes that makes a difference you know most of the time I hear people, that are even in positions of power and they'll say well you know i'm tired of them doing this we'll do something about it start with you so i i make knives i'm a blacksmith i make wood carvings i do sculpture i um i try to encourage people i try to teach i try to make a difference and be a maker is the key word not a taker is the lesser so point and if somebody comes to you and says well what does that mean not a taker then they're a taker probably. <laughs> I've, I've gotten approached by that twice so far, and, and they were a little grumpy about it. I'm just like, yeah, I think you need to study the first half. The second half isn't important. first half is important. Be a maker. I want it to be a movement, and I want people to be encouraged. Uh, we live in a culture of people who are, you know, we're, 
we're deceived right off the kick. Oh, I'm gonna get me mine. I'm gonna get me mine. I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna hey make that. You make the difference. I I started with nothing as a bladesmith. I've been making knives for 20 years professionally. Before that, I did wood sculpture. I did wood carving. I did furniture. I carved in stone. I made things out of antler and ivory and all kinds of stuff. Anything I get my hands on. I was always making something ever since I was a little kid. Even wooden swords. It doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter. I was making things because they didn't exist. You know, that stuff didn't exist. And I was like, man, I wish somebody would make that. And if you ever go somewhere and you're thinking, wow, they should have this. Well, then go make it. Go make it and share it. That's the most important part. Share it. Share your idea. The why is the most important part. Um, what and how, that's cool. But um, I, like, I like to use the Wright brothers for an example of being a maker. These guys were building bicycles in a time where people were going, wow, we should you know flying that's really crazy you know that's a crazy thing uh do you know what the wright brothers knew about flying airplanes nothing no. they didn't know anything <laughs> nothing they didn't even know how to do it but you know what they had a passion so they did it because they had a why and why is always the target it's the most important part absolutely cool um so in addition to the the crafting that you've done the bladesmithing and the woodworking and the sculpturing um what about the 3D printing community and the technology aspect? I think you can... Uh, yeah, I'll explain a little <laughs> further. So when, when I first saw the Be A Maker, the term that's really been... That maker term has been really associated with the 3D printing technologies that have been coming huh. out over the last few years. So yeah. I didn't know if that was also possibly associated or if you had at least had any uh, experience with 3D printing in any of the work that you're doing. Um, let me show you someone who has. This is my son, Tristan. Hello. Hello. <laughs> he is the one who, um, he was like, oh, look at that 3D printer. That's so cool. And so uh, he has a 3D printer, and he just came up with stuff to print on it and work it out. But I didn't know anything about the term. Um, my son has been forging and making things since he was uh, just a wee lad drawing. He, he fills a sketchbook up every couple days i think um or maybe exaggerating maybe it's every couple weeks but uh i didn't know about that i knew about the maker movement but i researched it so i be a maker not a taker.com or you know we got all that stuff now i have something called blacksmith couture which I, I i have the shirts to be a maker shirts this isn't one of them but um i want that movement to grow i want to encourage people i want people to think about it like when they see things but i didn't I, I know about it and i'm very excited about 3d printing i've even have some um some of the things i've prototyped yep i've been 3d printed i use lasers i use cnc i use every piece of technology that i can possibly use uh, at heart i am a bladesmith i am a designer and i go forward that as rapidly as possible and i come up with things as you know uh I can overwhelm people with designs and ideas, and uh, so I love the 3D printing aspect, but I was a little ignorant on that, honestly. My son, Tristan, knew about it, but I didn't But I didn't think about it when I came up with that term, because it's something I said on the show several times. I was like, be a maker, be a maker, yeah. you know? Great. So um, I know I've read your bio, we have at least on, online, but for those that haven't or don't know, is uh, how did you learn to bladesmith? Mm, how do you learn to blade smooth? 
I know a lot of people who taught themselves. We live in the age of YouTube, and that's a really cool place to see some great videos on how to forge. And one of the things I recommend when I think of people who are doing blade smithing that are actually showing it and teaching it, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of really hot topic areas in this field right now, and I can get myself into a lot of trouble, which I don't really give a damn. I'll be happy to get in trouble. Um, I want bladesmithing to be accepted into the American fine craft movement. And right now it's not blacksmithing is, but blades are, are really kind of not. And uh, so I used to teach with an organization. I really dearly loved them. I learned essentially how to forge uh, with the American Bladesmith Society back in 2001. I took an introduction to bladesmithing class. But, but what I found is um, the times have changed and I've developed techniques to make that more rapid, to make that happen like fast. And um, I wanna show people to get them interested and say, here's what you need, here's what you do, and here's how it is. So I've, I've turned a teaching seminar that used to be two weeks, which, I mean, who has two weeks yeah. to take two weeks to do? I mean, that's ridiculous. <laughs> so I, I turned it into three days. Oh, wow. And what I've found is I've had people come from Alaska, Switzerland, Taiwan, all over the all over the world to come and take this with me. And I don't say class or teach or school. I say Makers Forge Studio. And that's what I was telling you. And I charge a lot of money for it, but I'm excited about it. I do that because if you don't, um, I learned that I would teach people for free all the time and they didn't really care. But the people who I would I would make them commit to, you know, it's like a commitment. Like once you say I'm involved because I have my earnings, I have my part of my time involved. So you're going to share your time with me. I'm going to share my time with you. And uh, if you don't like what you do, then I don't charge you. And so far I haven't had that. But people walk away with a smile on their face. And if they're really passionate, um, they will set up their own force. They will do their own thing. I have 10 people on my wall who tested with me for their master bladesmith rating. Um, and there's only about a hundred of us living at any given time. And two or three people a year receive their, you know, they, they're awarded their master smith rating, but uh, people die off every year. Um, so what I want to do is set up something a little bit more relevant. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Am I giving a long answer? Because like I want to be elaborate and I want to make sense. But um, I like the idea of the Maker's Forge Studio. You come to my studio, you're the maker. It's your forge. And you become a part of the process. And so people will always say, oh, that's blacksmithing or bladesmithing. That's a dying art. And I go, no, it's a renaissance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be a part of the renaissance. Be a part of the renaissance. Yeah, and from the show, I've never... I didn't know the, that there was a community like that just for bladesmithing, right? And now it's like, now they're going into, we're doing this show, and it's there's a huge community. There's a huge thing. We just see it with the tons of YouTube videos out there that this is, uh, I guess, something that's maybe not well-known, but it's it's actually pretty big and it's pretty cool to see that and it's a really welcoming community too like everyone's really into it and you know it seems very inclusive when 
when I'm showing someone things, like I've got a lot of designs out there. I, I when you when you think about knife design, like just knife designs. Um, let's say we have, let's take a hundred percent, however, whatever the number is, it doesn't matter, but the percentage will go hundred percent. So of the hundred percent, two percent are designers. Um, ten percent are full-time makers of any given thing, forging or stock removal. All the rest of the people are just trying to figure it out and make it. Um, and I can elaborate on that later. I get attacked for that sometimes, <laughs> but um, I share every design that I have because I'm about 20 deep always. I've always got something new. I've always got something that I'm thinking about or working on. I'm like, oh, this is cool, you know, and I'll share that. It could be a finish. It could be a design. It could be a way to do something. It could be a technique, and I want to share it. Um, I want people to learn. I want it to be something fun for them. One of the things that drives me crazy is when people go, I want to make knives for a living. I was like, that's, that's really hard. That's a really difficult road to take. Um, if y'all are familiar with the tattoo community, I don't know if you are or not. Little but bit, it's yeah. very difficult today to go out and make a living as a tattoo artist. There's a lot of tattoo artists, but there's not a lot of good ones. Right. And when you find a good one, they struggle themselves to make a living. I struggled to make a living for many, many, many years until I began to learn things about business and how to do business, how to con how to conduct things to make it make sense, how to share, how to lift other people up. Uh, when I had ideas that I couldn't use, I would give them to someone else, and they would be like, oh, man, thanks. I needed that right at the right time. And then they would share that back with me. That's awesome. Great. There's also a uh, large or a renaissance of beards. So I want to ask, how did you learn to yeah. beard? Is there a, <laughs> is there a secret elixir? Because I got nothing happening here. This is a week of not shaving. Nothing okay. happened. Uh, I don't grow hair much of anywhere else except on my face. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have hair on my legs, my chest, my back. I'm not a hairy guy. Um, but I can grow a beard pretty fast. And I shave it off all the time. So if you guys have seen me before, like, you probably noticed my beard's like down to yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of get sick of it and often I shave it off. I shave it completely off, but I do like this crazy haircut. Yeah. <laughs> I like to have fun haircuts. <laughs> and I, I've had a mohawk for a lot of years, but, um, like I think when I went on the show, they didn't like that. So they cut the back of it off or something. So, but, but yeah, you can grow hair and you just have fun. I, um, I should come up with some beard elixir or whatever. But, yeah. Uh, you were talking about how you do collaborations with other people, and I noticed yeah. in going through it, uh, the website today, um, you had a couple that I, I forget what website I saw them on, but you had collaborated with Doug Markita from the show. Right. And um, when it comes to doing collaboration like that, say with Doug, who, as far as I understand, has, hasn't really made many blades in his, his lifetime. Um, right. His dad doesn't let him touch tools. He's not allowed to play with the tools. Oh, right? no. <laughs> oh, come on. As the Doug says, my dad never let me use a tool. So I was like, okay. <laughs> so when you're doing a collaboration with Doug, is it just like you guys work on the design together and like sketch something out and then you take that to the to the forge and actually make it? All right. Here's how. For, so for the one that he and I did, um, one of the things that I've always loved is the kukri 
And that's like this knife that I have here. Kukri yeah. is one of my favorite designs. I've always loved it since I was a kid. So it's kind of been the knife that I aspired to make. And once I figured out how to do it, I just developed my own version of it. I wanted to reinvent it into something where I thought was like, this is what I'm used to, but maybe this is better. So uh, when I was hang I started hanging out with Doug, me and him hit it off right off the kick. He's a good dude. We're, we're friends. And he's like, hey, we should do a kukri for Kali martial arts. And I was like, okay. So I studied Kali a little bit with Doug, not much, but a little bit. And uh, so we downsized the kukri because I normally make them really like 12 inches or bigger. I mean, I make a really huge kukri, which is awesome thing to, to go through the woods with and stuff. And so I just took my design and I downsized it to the specifications that would be good for Kali martial arts. And then we made a smaller one, and then we were like, hey, you know, we could take the smaller one and turn it into a folder. So that's what we did. We originally had three designs. I designed them. Um, Doug endorsed them through his martial arts experience. You know, he's a, he's a Kali master. Mm -hmm. And that's how that worked out. So the design was basically Doug going, hey, you know what we're doing sitting back here backstage, and we're super bored. Why don't you design us a kukri we could use with Kali martial arts? I was like, okay, cool. So that's what we did. And, the, um, and the, the small knife, I decided that we shouldn't make and we should only make the folder in its place. So we did the folder and the full-size kukri, which are available. If you go through Doug, to Doug's website, you can get the, the full-size kukri. And the um, if someone wants the folders, they're on tactical elements. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, we're big fans of, of Doug, for sure. We actually go out of our way to highlight the Doug cam moments. Like, this cool. past season, he hasn't been able to do as much of the testing because he had surgery. So he hurt like, his arm, yeah. Yeah, so they show him in the background when other people are testing a lot of times, and he has the oh, big man. smile on his face. <laughs> so we highlight that. I'm actually wearing... Dual keel. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, Doug's a good guy. So me and Doug are pretty tight, and me and Will are tight. And um, it's, you know, sometimes it's hard to, sometimes, you, you know, you make relationships. And, like, I tend to, um, like, I get along with certain personality types. And uh, so, like, me and Will, like, Will was like, mm. and then I don't know what happened. I think we he might have smacked me in the face one day in an episode. I think he smacked me. He goes, quit falling asleep and he smacked me and I was like you hit like a little kid <laughs> what do you do about it and I think I'm, we had some kind of a ruckus going on there but after that I was like we were buddies you know but Will's a good dude I love Will love Doug we're, we're tight um, I can get along with everybody else I don't really know the other guys real well um, Jay is a master bladesmith I think he got his masters in 2009 I've never worked with him we did one episode together and him and Dave Baker did a lot of shoot me the bird. <laughs> I'm sure they cut all that out of the episode, but it was fun for me. <laughs> but um, and I think that's cool. You know, they're great guys, and you know they they do their thing, and I do my thing. And um, you know, it's it's we it's for fun. One of the things that I want people to remember is Forge and Fire is a. This is going to be like the taboo. Like, it's a television game show. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you knew that. All right. So sometimes they would say, we want you to cut this piece of tile or this 
barbed wire or whatever. And I'm like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. So, but I would do it anyway. But I would also go, when it, my episodes, I tested everything that we made. Like, so if they said, well, we need somebody to make a knife out of golf clubs, because I'd go test all the golf clubs. I'd see which one. I could forge weld it, make it stick, and do something out of it in about 15 minutes. Or barbed wire, whatever. It didn't matter what it was. I'd make sure it would work. Because I didn't want someone, I was like, it's not right to um, just let these cats go at it crazy. And, you know, a lot of people come on a show, they're amateurs. Every now and then you get a professional. But most people are just, they're enthusiasts, they're passionate, they love this thing, and they want to go for it. And every now and then you got somebody who's just totally, they're kind of full of poop. And I'm sure you've seen those episodes, and that's really funny. <laughs> so. um, what has been your favorite Forge and Fire episode? That might be the one I did. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. What are you talking about? Um, I know I maybe briefly described that. So my favorite episode was um, the, the one I competed in, which was the first one. That's the pilot. And we did that in Seattle. And that was a lot of fun. And it was... Uh, it was like uh, when they called me, they said, yeah, we want to do a show where two people compete to make a sword together. And I'm like... I was like, mm, what? Yeah. <laughs> and I really, at that time, I should have got an attorney and signed a non-disclosure. I was like, okay, here's my idea. Let me tell you what it is. Yeah. But I couldn't because I was excited about this and I wanted to see it fly. So I told them about something that um, uh, my wife came up with back in 2010 based on like iron, the Iron Chef concept. You know, it's like you have four, blade, four bladesmiths unknown materials we had two hours to make a complete knife so in two hours we make a complete knife so the first time we did battle of the bladesmiths was in 2010 it was me a guy named jim rodebaugh burt foster and i i can't remember the other guy's name and i wish i did but it's if you if you do a little search you'll find it'll pop up real real quick mm -hmm. and i i actually have attorneys calling me all the time they're like you should do something about this i says nope we're not doing nothing about this this is a good thing and it's going to keep on going but it's um so we did this thing and we made a knife and uh it had forged ground heat treated handles and then he had to cut with it. And I think they may have extended the two and a half hours because one of the guys wasn't quite done. But that was forged in fire. I mean, we were doing the same thing. So I told them this whole gig. I said, this is what you do. This is how you do it. And da 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 And they were like, well, where would we do this? And I was like, you could go to Seattle to my buddy Dave Lish's shop because it had he had a Studio 4, which he had a teaching facility. It was big enough. He had presses, hammers, forges, everything that four people could get in there and compete. Am I talking too much? No, no this is great. This is, this is <laughs> fascinating. Yeah, four people can compete. <laughs> so it was me. It was Matthew Parkinson. Everybody knows Matthew Parkinson. Matt Parkinson. Uh, he's a champion on the first season. Uh, David Goldberg. He was a champion on the first season. And Guy Harris, champion on the first season. So I went up against them. And they gave us a hockey puck piece of steel. And we had two presses and one tire hammer. And they knew I was going to use that tire hammer. So I let the air out of that hammer. So... That was really, was it like, what's a tire hammer, right? It's like a power hammer, old mechanical style, but it runs on a tire instead of a big flywheel. Oh, okay. So anyway, we made a chopper. So I made my signature style, which is a recurve with the fin, and it was sexy. We had to do a hamon, a, you know, a hamon mm -hmm. on it. Yeah. And um, we did that. Um, 
I noticed that people have a lot of rules when they make knives, and I was kind of noticing that amongst the makers. And the guys with the most rules were losing. And then the guys with the least knowledge were losing. But the guys who were willing to adapt and just be like, you know, they would just fight and go forward, they would do well. So anyway, um, it was eliminated down to me and Guy Harris. And then we, we were challenged to make a Roman Gladius. So I made a Roman Gladius. I did Damascus. I did an African Blackwood handle. And my test, I figured it's like if I can cut up, I had a 35-gallon oil drum, and I just cut it up to little pieces with my sword, and it didn't hurt it. So I was like, yeah, there's nothing they can do to it to hurt it. And I had a struggle part, and um, I, I there is a way to get this video. I don't know if I can tell you about it, but I'm you sure could, someone out there has it. Yeah, if you maybe go you, ask you could text me about it. it later, maybe. It doesn't have to be on the recording. <laughs> I, it's top secret. Like somebody stole it and gave it to me. So I don't know. <laughs> but it's out there. It's, somebody can pass it along to you. Sure. But um, anyway, it was fun. You know, we had a good time. So Guy and me, we come back. We go to some dirty old factory in New Jersey where I know they they filmed some Soundgarden videos because they had all these light bulbs <laughs> hanging down one place and i was like this is kind of cool and we did our competition and i won and um so i got ten thousand dollars but i got to keep my sword i wouldn't let him have that and i got to keep my knife nice. uh, and so i actually sold both of those later on because i'm a bladesmith and i was broke so <laughs> <laughs> but it was a lot of fun and um the only thing i kind of wish that they had remembered was that me uh you know that my friend dave lish we had help make this thing like work you know we had we had really made it work and i didn't hear anything for a while that was 2014 and then they called me back to be a contestant and i was a little pissed off and i just like i was busy you know i, I was making knives that's my job i'm a full-time knife maker so i didn't go but then later on they wanted to interview me for a judge so i went back and i did that in 2016 and part of 2017 and it, it was i had a lot of fun we had a lot of we had a lot of good times. Awesome. Great. That's great. I don't know. Do you want to? Yeah, ask. You do that? Ask it. All right. So, <laughs> what do you think of knife or death? Um, I it's not an original idea. It is um it is an i it is basically the cutting competitions, which is something that. <laughs> A lot of the bladesmiths started a long time ago, and it's kind of interesting. These things aren't new. These are just ideas that have been gathered together by producers will call, because kind of, like the truth about producers, they're kind of snakes, and they'll call you and say, hey, what do you think about da-da-da-da-da? And someone like me, because we're makers, we're very excited about sharing our craft, because we want the world to see it. So we'll go, oh, man, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that's cool. And the whole time they're taking notes. I'm like, yes, this is a great idea for show. We'll take this. We'll make it on a TV show. It'll be big. So um, I like that it, it gets some exposure to handmade knives and knife making. I love that. I love that about Forces and Fire. Um, but none of these ideas are original to a production company or a television company. They started in the grassroots. They started with individuals like me. Um, there are other bladesmiths out there. We made these things happen. We made it come to the light. And the cool thing is that they are there. Um, the the trade-off is that you have to pass this along 
to a production company that's going to produce it for entertainment. So I tell, like I offer to you guys, it's like watching Forged in Fire to learn how to make blades is not a good idea. <laughs> watching Forged in Fire to be excited, to be inspired to make blades, to go out there and say, oh man, I want to do that, that's great. But watching things there, you, you're getting so little information it's not enough. It's not enough to have some some foundation. You want a good foundation to build those things on. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't really like my opinion about the show. Is I think it's cool that it's out there. Uh, I don't watch the shows. I watched them live when I was when I was doing this, but I don't really watch the shows. I'm working on some other things right now uh, that I want to share because they're important. It's important to get out of the Walmart mentality. It's important to get out of the box, the big box store. I'd like to see all those things go away. I'd like to see people realizing, hey, you know what? I don't have to buy furniture from the big box store. The big box store, I can go buy it from Jimmy. He lives down here or, or Sandy or whoever's making this stuff. There's men and women making things across this country that are wonderful. And it could be from knives to furniture to cars, motorcycles to apple pie. To, 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 you know, beer. I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. And get this, and it's awesome. And I want people to remember being a maker, be a maker, not a taker. It's very important. Right, I know, that, like, I get heartfelt about this, and I'm not crying yet, okay? <laughs> it's good, man. Can you see number seven? Number seven. So, when you were judging a blade, um, when you were on the Fortune Fire, um, was there anything in particular that you're specifically looking for right off the bat when you when you start looking at a blade? Yeah, I'm looking for the best attributes of the knife. It's very easy to see the worst attributes of a knife, and there are few people. And you've seen, I mean, you've watched the show, so you see. Sometimes you'll see a knife, you're like, "Wow, that dude made that in three hours!" Wow. So I look for the best attributes of the knife. I look through the things that I like, and I try and speak of those things. It's very easy to find the faults. That's not hard at all. Um, I have 30,000-plus hours experience making knives because people go, what does that mean? Because somebody said, well, how many years have you been making knives? And you could say how many years, but because you've been making knives for 20 years and you made a knife – a year for 20 years does not give you 20 years experience. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But if you have 30,000 hours experience, you begin to notice the difference. So when someone asks me, I say, here's what I like about the knife. And when the knife failed, I would say, here's why the knife failed. Now, what upset me a lot of times is we would, it wasn't me. It was just, you know, it's just the way the things go. It's the, the producers. They would give them terrible materials to make knives out of. Just like no one would ever use these things, you know. But, like, again, it's entertainment, and they're doing a show, and they have to do something different they think is exciting. So they would give them this garbage. And I would always say it's hard enough to make a knife that's really good out of the highest quality materials available. And that's hard enough. And if that show ever did that, it would be like, wow, it's still hard. It's still difficult. It's still tricky. Even when we did that, I don't know if you guys saw the kukri episode. Yeah. So everybody's like, oh, these guys all know how to make kukris. And this one guy's, well, I've been working in this shop for 28 years. Da, 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 da. He couldn't forge to save his little butt. 
<laughs> and it was funny to me. I'm just going, oh no. <laughs> you know, two guys on there. They were kind of for. They could kind of forge. It's hard. A kukri is a hard knife to make when you have the best materials and the best equipment. So when you're watching these people forge, they have the guts to come on the show. They have the heart and the spirit and the fire to say, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but I'm on here. Or I do know what I'm doing, and I'm going to give it my best. And so that's why everyone on there should be respected and honored. Um, even if they freak out, even if they lose their mind and run off the stage, even if they do all kind of crazy stuff, um, they they do respect, and they are they. You know, I don't care if they tell a story to get on there. It doesn't matter to me. They're there, and I and I love them and I respect them. Yeah, I mean, what was one of there's one episode this season where they're they're giving these springs about this big. I'm like, what the fuck are they going to do with that? So, you know, one guy's pulling I just apart. Worked. I was hanging out with that kid last week and one of the kids on the show. He was awesome. He didn't win, but he was just, he was just so, he's like, man, I was so happy they gave me these stupid little springs and I didn't know what to do because I didn't know how to do canisters. And I'm like, canister is not hard. But, um, so he just forged well them all together, old school style. I was like, man, you did great. You did the best you know. And people love that. People love the heart, you know, some of the most fun contestants aren't necessarily the contestants that won you know they're the yeah. contestants like it's like that guy's hard everybody loves that guy you know yeah absolutely yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's cool in my turn yeah sure oh. in terms of beginning bladesmiths what items should they not cheap out on when they're first starting out like what's the the one that you would really mm-hmm. invest in okay well we know we live in america and money is always changing its value and it never is worth more it's always worth less <laughs> so what i recommend is here's my philosophy very wealthy people can afford to buy crappy tools because they can replace them but poor people aspiring bladesmiths artists all the like you know artists are always uh broke and um buy the best tool you can buy buy the best anvil you can find buy the best grinder you can buy because that's money in the bank so if you buy a wilmot or a grinder from travis Wirtz or any of these guys making these great grinders you got something that doesn't lose its value if you buy a hammer from big blue you see a big blue hammer on a show buy a big blue hammer it doesn't lose its value it's always worth whatever they're selling for the hammers for now so if I bought a Big Blue five years ago and I paid $4,999, well, now they're selling them for $7,000. Guess what my Big Blue's worth? $7,000. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Paying. So the wisest blacksmith or bladesmith – sounds like somebody's chainsawing down there. Yeah. I don't know if y'all can hear that. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like up in – I'm at 7,500 feet. But um, buy the best tools you can buy. Don't skimp on your tools. I mean, broke-ass people go out there, buy brand-new trucks every year, brand-new cars, and spend forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 or something that's in five years is worth nothing. Buy mm-hmm. a great anvil. Buy a great grinder. Buy a great hammer. But first, go and take a class. <laughs> yes. Go and take a class. You want to take a class with me? I'm easy to find. Nightforge Studio. Um, you can take a class with many people across the country there's a lot of blades. theo naz is a great bladesmith he lives in new york city a lot of people live in that within 100 miles of that area you can go take a class with theo he's a good teacher he's a good bladesmith 
Um, New England School of Metalsmiths is the best school that you can actually go and go to. The New England School of Metalsmithing. It's in um, Lewiston, Auburn. It's in Auburn, Maine. Oh, wow. Okay. And, um, yeah, it, it, it's a great place, and if you're up there, go there, take a class. You will love it. Um, okay, cool. But, um, and that's, I mean, I teach class. This is say, seek them out. Seek out your teachers. Go find those places. Go take that class, and then go, man, you know, I really love this. I, I want to buy an anvil. I want to find a guy. I want to do all this stuff. You can buy all these tools new. Um, get one new if you, if you want to, but buying a new one is say i got a hundred dollars and i want it to be worth three hundred dollars in five years buy new tools and, I, and i'm talking about a new power hammer a new press a new anvil those things get those they work great does that make sense yeah all right cool because i hear people say well i don't have the money for that because nobody does either i don't either nobody else does that. <laughs> True. But you, but you go and buy a soda pop two or three times a day. It's like, I'm going to go to Starbucks twice a day. That's $5 a day. $5 a day times 30. Duh, do the math. Yeah. Understand. Um, are there any projects people should do when first starting out to get a, a feel for shaping metal and maybe even trying to make a blade other than, you know, going to a class, but on their own? Yeah. What should they Learn about blacksmithing. Get a piece of this hard plasticine clay and uh, play with that clay make a wooden hammer i mean a, a wooden hammer um, you can use a wooden table and forge that clay and you'll see how steel moves the fact is is that the clay has the same plasticity at room temperature as the steel will have when it's 2300 degrees so when you hit the steel when it's 2300 degrees it's going to go dunk and when you hit this when they hit the um, clay with a wooden hammer it's going to go boom. it's going to do the same thing wow. moves the same direction and it's a great teacher it's the easiest thing i could tell anybody you want to learn how to forge something you don't know forge clay oh neat that's awesome yeah that's really cool <laughs> yeah. that's something we can you know we easily, can do that we can easily <laughs> go out you know my Teresa here is um very much into crafting and she's got a whole couple cupboards full of that sort of stuff and and some good sculpting clay and stuff like that so that's something yeah. we can definitely try out be, that's be, cool yeah. that's really cool I, I i'm excited when i hear people saying oh i'm gonna try forging what should i do and i just say do that and see if you like it you know make anything make things be a maker you know it's 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 the most important thing that you might figure out in this culture we are not a culture of makers we can get back to being a culture of makers and that also I mean like I said before make a difference um, let somebody in when you're driving your car you know open the door for somebody smile it's the making of the difference starts with you not with the stupid political system not with all this other garbage we think about it starts with you I agree I agree I think yeah. we all do so we know that the main set for shooting the show is I think is based in New York City uh, now I think Brooklyn or something like that is what yeah it used to be in Bushwick but I I'm not there anymore so I heard they lost that to beat Bobby Flay oh really so now they're in Connecticut somewhere oh maybe okay Stanford, so maybe, maybe Stanford <laughs> it was in Bushwick for a long time so it's, Bushwick is northern Brooklyn yeah um, but now it's shot in Connecticut well we we kind of had that idea we had seen Jay Nielsen post something on Instagram and he tagged Connecticut and we're in Connecticut 
So yeah. you're like, oh, damn, like, Jay, they're in <laughs> they're Connecticut Stanford, doing this. Somewhere in Stanford, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. So, uh, Connecticut maybe, is not that what, big. I'm sure you can ride your bicycle anywhere you want to go in Connecticut. They, they right? filmed Jerry <laughs> Springer hours and you're out of Stanford. So. <laughs> yeah, I think they do have Jerry Springer and a few, and like, Maury Povich and stuff. I probably shot at the same studio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So, okay. Um, you guys want to ask the last one? You can go ahead, John. Yeah, yes. Uh, do you travel to any uh, Blade conventions throughout the year? I Yeah, I normally do Blade Show. This is the first time I did not do Blade Show. And um, I have a confession to make. I didn't do it because I, I very much uh, had fun doing Forge and Fire. But I'm a bladesmith. I was a well-known bladesmith before I ever did Forge and Fire. And I, I do I – I, I just did an event last weekend in Ohio. I mean, I took pictures with – Hundreds of people assigned lots of things. Uh, two weeks before that, I did it in Quantico, Virginia, at the U.S. Marine Corps base there. Took lots of pictures. Me and Doug did that. And I, would, I do these things all the time. But um, I sometimes I get weary of um, the, I want to take your picture because you were on Fours and Fire. And, like, I'm a knife maker. I'm a bladesmith. I make things. And... I just want to get back to being that. Um, I'm working on a YouTube channel. I did. We had one a, a while back, and I, I did a Damascus thing. We, I mean, we get two and a half million views on a U, YouTube channel. So I'm gonna rebuild that. We're gonna do a YouTube channel. We're gonna do stuff. Um, and I enjoy sharing this, and I really enjoy to teach people and show people. And I'm I make things, and I, you know, I don't make them because I want to sell them. I mean, I have to, but. I, I do that because it's my passion and sometimes I get tired of the um, take my picture and I don't mind I always do it and, and I'm just saying if anybody ever wants to take their picture great I don't know why you want to take a picture with me but I'd be happy to do it <laughs> and I'm always honored I'm like hey I'm honored that you want to do that but I just felt like this year would be a good year for me to not go to Blade but I do events I actually have my own events in my studio I've been doing something for years called Metal Mashing Mayhem, um, and I will do. I will have guests come in from all over the world. I've had people come from Belgium, uh, North Carolina. You know that's a pretty exotic place. Yeah. Yeah. You want to slip me a twenty? Twenty dollar bill? Yeah. For what? Chicken wings. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. I'll, I'll Hold on. We got to get some Who is chicken this? wings. Who are you talking to? <laughs> this is the friends of the force. This is my buddy Peter Cole. What's up? Hey man, I don't care if you're a Master Smith or who you are. I need twenty dollars for these chicken wings, man. <laughs> <laughs> chicken wing money. I don't, I don't have to hire someone to carry my wallet around like you do. <laughs> I do sell a lot of. This is my last twenty. <laughs> He's a great friend of mine. He's a bladesmith. He's a oh. knife maker. I'm sorry, I, I thought I was your apprentice and now you're just you're just gonna put me down. You okay, know how you listen, wait, you know how you're in a relationship with somebody and you're like, Oh no, I just this is a good this girl's just a good friend of mine. We're not in a relationship. <laughs> That's how These just, are Pete's talk. kids. I'm not in a good friend of mine, Pete. Let's make knives in your shop, Pete. You're my apprentice, Pete. We're gonna have a great time together. Good luck together, Pete. Pete, you'll be hearing from my attorney real soon. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good buddy of mine. We stopped at him and his family's house on our on our way to Utah. But um, yeah. 
What were you asking me? I totally, we totally lost that. Uh, we were talking about Blake conventions and. Um... Yeah, I I used to go to Blake conventions all over. I mean, I've been from Seattle to here and all over. I do my own thing. I go to Blade Show. Um, I am right now. I, over the last year, I have been designing and consulting with several companies. I've designed a lot of knives for a long time, and I finally. Uh, get some uh, kickback from that and that's really cool I'm still designing things for other makers that I love dearly I share my designs with people all the time if you see something out there that I made and you want to make it and you're a maker please make that now if you're going to have it commercially made then we have to talk but yeah. if you want to make it yourself I'm happy for you to do so um, but the next show I will be doing will be my own event. I'll be having something at my studio in Kingsport. My plan is October. I'll have a food truck. I'll have a band. I'll have some guests. Bladesmiths, blacksmiths. Very important to say, blacksmithing is the root of all bladesmithing. And right. if you really want to be a badass bladesmith, you learn how to forge every different shape, every different design element that you can think of. Because bladesmithing is just different shapes of triangles, basically, that you're forging long or wide. You know, it doesn't matter if it's a sword or whether there's a lot of different geometry in there. We can get very detailed and very specific, and there's all kind of theories and more hypotheses than theories. Um, but I'm just saying, you, you got to be a good maker. Learn, learn from the masters. Well, we definitely want to do that ourselves, yeah. and um, you know we're just getting more and more. Yeah, I don't just throw that out there. I'm just saying. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like well, it was just um, Father's Day, and Teresa got me yeah. a book uh, that was I don't remember exactly, but it's like basically the how to make a knife from beginning to end. And who wrote it? You know, um, no, so it's upstairs. It? We could go grab. I don't know. Is it Hersulas? Jim Hersulas? Um, there's two authors on it. Teresa's gonna go run and grab it quick. Um, but it looked like it was a pretty good uh, source. It had some pictures and stuff in there too, alongside with some of the information on uh, what you should uh, do to start what? off. Did you tell him? Tell him what? It was me, guys. <laughs> you know all that. You know all that kukri stuff. It's like Jason invented the kukri. <laughs> People <laughs> how he does that, and and like they thought he was like, yeah, man, all that. I invented. The kukri. <laughs> wow. There was never a kukri even before I'd made a kukri, and then Jason tried to say he invented it. I invented the kukri. He went back before the times nope. of Alexander hey, the Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did he we invent the time machine too? Yeah, we do live feeds sometimes, and there'll be like a lot, like a couple thousand people watching, and it gets so stupid because he's just jabbing me and messing with me. <laughs> we have a lot of fun. Don't take this too serious. Have a lot of fun and do this and enjoy it. Be passionate. Yeah. So the book that I got is called Basic Knife Making from Raw Steel to a Finished Stub Tang Knife, and it's by Ernst Helwig and Jurgen Rosinski. Oh, I have seen that. I don't know those fellows. I think they're from a Scandinavian country. You, yeah. you didn't even try Seibeniker. Yeah, I didn't even try that. It was like a... Seibeniker. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it looked like an is, interesting uh, book. It was a recommendation. We, yeah, so. those are great. Um, there's some videos out there by Brian Brazil. Great videos on how to forge. Forging a point is the key to making a knife. And Brian has some great direct forging techniques. Um, 
There is uh, another kid named Alex Steele. Yeah, before he got into making knives, he has some great little techniques. He actually learned from Brian Brazil. Um, I don't know what his knives look like, but I think he's a great kid and he's doing something cool. He's sharing, sharing, he's sharing his information. He's a maker, and I really love that. Um, Liam Hoffman, he's a friend of mine. He's got a book on blacksmithing. Go to Amazon, buy Liam's book. Okay. Buy Liam's book. Support your local blacksmith. And remember, be a maker and not a taker. It's very important. Share that. Make that a movement. That's that's for everybody. That's for everything that's done. Make a difference. Make something change. Starts with you. I actually ordered one of your shirts yesterday. I didn't yeah. tell Teresa about it, but um, I did buy oh, man, one. The new shirt. You ain't seen that yet. We're gonna launch that sometime in the next few days. Oh, okay. I'll buy that one for Teresa. Maker, not a taker logo, but there's a gorilla forging a blade. And an alligator going like, oh, that's cool. And a <laughs> raccoon looking at it and a turtle and a bear. I saw and your what? live uh, video from last week where you showed the design. like, Because uh, I think you held up the design of what it looked like last week. It was pretty cool. No, it's okay. Hold oh, that's good. Come, 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 yeah. I'm trying to food and that's okay. No, that's just my wife. This is my that's friend Liz. Hello. Taste of pie, but he barely knows me. It's all right. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> my house, but not at my house. Make eyes at me. But you just made, hey, this is Pete. This is a knife maker I know. Good luck. Funny never getting off my deck. Stop, man. <laughs> I'll jump off the deck onto your truck. <laughs> Well, that's uh, all the questions that we have. Um, if you have anything else you wanted to talk about, feel free. Otherwise, yeah, we're pretty much tapped on questions. No, I think it's cool that you guys are doing this. That way, when I saw that you had it going, and um, I just want to support that. I, I, I enjoyed doing Forge and Fire. Um, I am doing other things that I because I want to share and I don't want to do a game show. I want people to be excited about making. I want people to be excited about what they're doing. When people see you doing something different or they're excited about it, you share it, you share the thing. And uh, I think that's very important what you're doing and I really appreciate it very much and I want to support that. Well, we appreciate you coming on here Thank and um, we learned a lot and yeah, this was great, and I, I might send you a text to find out a little bit more information on coming down to your shop and uh, seeing what you have there. Yeah, what size, if you will text me your shirt sizes, I will send you, we had some other shirts made, so I'll send all of you a shirt. Oh. Uh, the one that I'm doing is through Bonfire, but the new one will be the same. And what's cool about that is I don't have to keep track of it. They just, they print it and ship it for me, oh. so it works out real well, and and you know, like the, my theme, like I like to do, my son drew, Tristan Knight, he's a he's a freelance artist, and he drew the idea because I'm so sick of all these skulls and all this kind of stuff. I'm just <laughs> like, I'm sick of that. I'm sick of, yeah. tired of that stuff. I want, I want people to lighten up a little bit, you know? So I was like, I got an alligator going, hey, this is cool, and it's a gorilla. I'm a gorilla. My dad told me there was a, a big silverback gorilla living in the attic when I was a kid to make me do stuff. So I believe <laughs> And there's giants out there too, and a gorilla in the, in the upstairs. He's like, "Yep." I was like, "Okay, Dad, whatever." You say. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Well, great. Um, I guess we're good then. Thanks, thanks again. And um, I guess, oh yeah, we are doing a show. So thanks everybody for watching <laughs> and listening to the uh, the interview. 
And um, hopefully we'll have this up in the next week or so. Uh, we'll post it up on YouTube, and I'll send you the information if you want to put it out there at all, share it, and all that Yeah, good I'll stuff. share it. Let me know, and I'll be happy to share it. I told people I didn't know if we were doing live or whatever. I usually do just live feeds, so I told people about it. So I'll go back and correct that because they'll be like, well, where's that thing you were supposed to do? No. <laughs> uh, so, okay. Cool. I'll be well, happy to share it. Great. Cool. Thanks a lot. And, uh, yeah, I'll text you soon. Now I'll, I'll definitely – Send you our shirt sizes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Peace. Right. Catch you later. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Bye.